Hi everyone, Demetrius McRae here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy the message. Well, if you're ready for the word, shout, bring it on. Stand across the room if you're able. I'm coming from 2 Timothy chapter 2. I'll begin reading at verse 19. Almost more than anything in my life, I have decided at 57 years old, I want to be useful to God. I want to be used by the Lord. If you look at the word useful, the word useful is actually two words. It's used and full. And I don't know about you, but I want to be used to the full for God. I, I want, I, I, when, when I finally make it to heaven, I want to know that he used me in every capacity that he saw fit. And I've come to let you know today that we're raising up churches across the nation and there's a church right here. We are a useful house. Hallelujah. I believe God is using your church. If you believe that, come on, give him a shout and thank him for doing it. I want everything that I cover, everything that Calvary's responsible for, to have the touch of the Lord on it. I want there to be an anointing in the house. I want there to be glory that sits on us. I've been here for decades now, 24 years, and I'm more hungry for it than I've ever been. So how many of you say, Pastor, I want to be used to the full? Anybody? All right, I'm coming from 2 Timothy 2.19. It says, nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands. Even when the world goes crazy, even when things happen we don't understand, the solid foundation of God stands. Heaven's never jarred. God's never worried. Angels are never upset. God's foundation stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows them that are his. Hallelujah. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house, somebody shout a great house. In a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. In a great house. I said in a great house. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor or for honor, sanctified, used to the full, come on, useful for the master, prepared, ready for every good work. Flee also youthful lust, pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Watch this, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. Boy, doesn't the church need to hear that nowadays? knowing that they generate strife. And the servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility. Sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. 
I want you to note the 20th verse. He said, in a great house, he said, there are not only gold vessels, silver vessels, wooden vessels, and clay vessels. He said, there's not only honorable vessels and dishonorable vessels. He said, there are all different types of vessels. He said, but the house is great. Hallelujah. In a great house, there are all kinds of vessels. And I'm telling you this, I don't care if you're gold or silver or wood or clay. I want you and I to be vessels of honor. How many of you want to be a vessel of honor for the Lord? Lord, we slip up our hands today and we ask you to teach us this word on vessels of honor. Have your way in Jesus' name. If you want to be his vessel, one, two, three, give God a mighty praise. Give him a mighty praise. You can be seated. Isn't that one of our main goals? It's mine. I want to be a vessel of honor, useful, prepared. King James Version says, meet for the master's use, ready to do whatever the Lord would have me to do. I want to be a vessel of honor for Jesus, used to the full. But before I dive into this actual teaching and preaching today, I want to talk to you about the background here of 1st and 2nd Timothy. Paul writes these letters to his young protege. He writes these letters to his son in the Lord, a son named Timothy. And he writes 1st Timothy and then about a decade later, he writes 2nd Timothy. And in both of these letters, years apart, Paul is encouraging and pouring himself into Timothy. I love this because Paul is a man who is consumed with what God's agenda is in the earth. And even though in the moment that he's writing these letters, he's in prison in Rome awaiting beheading, he is still eat up with the things of God. He is still eat up with heaven's agenda. And there are times, y'all, when we are facing things we would rather not face and if we're not careful we will allow the enemy to draw us away from being pertinent and focused on what God has called us to do but here Paul is he's still consumed with the agenda of God and I want to tell you we've been doing this a long time here at Calvary we've been here now for 24 years about to be a quarter of a century but we are still consumed with the agenda of God we still want lost people found we still want sick people healed we still want broken people put back together hallelujah to Jesus so Paul writes this letter to Timothy first Timothy he encourages him and, and says Timothy God's got a plan for you don't despise your youth and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment but then he turns and writes second Timothy a little bit later about 10 years later and he writes at a time when the church is in crisis. What had happened was this in Rome. There was a fire that had swept through Rome and two-thirds of the city had been burned to ashes. And Nero was becoming just ludicrous. And Nero, the emperor, blamed the church for the burning of Rome. And when he did that, he took that as an opportunity to begin to persecute the church at another level. And Christians endured persecution in this moment like never before. 
and here Paul is, now he's in Rome. He's in prison awaiting the opportunity to stand before the leaders there and he knows that heaven is near. He, in 1 Timothy, he told Timothy, he said, Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. He, he spoke to Timothy and said, here's what you need to do. If you're going to win and overcome, you gotta fight the good fight of faith. How many of you know that a good fight is only a good fight if you win the fight? Oh, come on now. I said a good fight is only a good fight if you win the fight. Listen, if you come and you've got, yeah, I got in a fight and you got both your eyes are swollen shut, you, you have, your nose is bleeding, your lip is hanging, your tooth is out, you say, man, it was a good fight. I, I, I got my backside toe up, but it was a good fight. Let me tell you something, that's not a good fight. The only fights that are good fights are the fights that you win. And I've come to let the church know that we are more than conquerors. And when it's all said and done, it's going to be a good fight because we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Somebody's been in a fight this week, but I'm telling you, you win. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, so fight the good fight. So here's what Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy. He said, fight the good fight of faith, but then something shifts. In 2 Timothy, he changes in 1 Timothy, he said, fight the good fight of faith. In 2 Timothy, he says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And now there is a crown of righteousness that is laid up for me. He said, Timothy, I stayed faithful. And let me tell you what I love about Paul. Paul is in prison. He's facing beheading. He's facing persecution. If it would have been me, I might have been writing Timothy and saying, pray for me, son. You better come and get me out of here. See if you can get some of the people together and bust me out of here. But no, Paul is still so consumed with the agenda of God that what he cares about is making a, making a deposit into his son in the Lord. What he cares about is the agenda of heaven. And I've come to let you know that hell thinks because of COVID, hell thinks that because of all the division, hell thinks because of all the things that we have faced that the church is going to lose its focus. But there still is a remnant that is focused on the agenda of heaven. If you want God's agenda in the earth, open up your mouth and give him praise right now. That electrifies me now as I have stepped into this role more as a father because it lets me know how important it is to make a deposit in the next generation. Paul is facing imminent death, but he's still pouring out and he wants everything that he has, come on, to be poured into the church that he loved. That thrills my soul. Now here Timothy is, he's young, he's a novice, He's inexperienced. He's leading a church, y'all, that is full of seemingly rebellious people. Not, we have no rebellious people on this campus. Come on, they all go to Palm Coast. Can I get a witness? He, he's writing to Timothy because Timothy is in a moment maybe where he's feeling insecure. Uh. He's in that moment where he's even maybe second guessing, can I really do it? Because everybody around me is doubting me because I'm young. 
And Paul understood that, and that's why in 1 Timothy 4, he said, Timothy, don't let anybody despise your youth. He said, you're not qualified because you got it going on. You're not qualified because you're gifted enough or articulate enough. You are qualified because God has put his hand on you and God has selected you and he will use you for his glory. So it seems like in these moments that Timothy is wrestling and dealing with what most of us have dealt with from time to time. He's wrestling with confidence. Oh, where are the real people at? He's asking himself, can I really do this? Do I really have the stuff to get it done? Can I rise? See, the truth is, y'all, you can't let people limit God's potential in your life. You can't let people tell you whether or not you can break through, whether or not you can be used. Listen, if you don't believe my children can be saved, I don't need your opinion in my life because I have made up in my mind. I believe that if the Lord said it, he will do it. And if he spoke it, he will perform it. And if he declared it, he will bring it to pass. Timothy's in that moment where he's wrestling, trying to find confidence and strength. You ever been there? And it seems like in those moments, the devil sends people in your life to discourage you. There are, there are some people, they only have one assignment in your life, and that is to discourage you. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're letting on. Now, I was so taken by this because Timothy is probably dealing with seasons where he felt inadequate. Maybe not being able to measure up to the call. He's feeling unworthy. How about this? Even insecure. Now we're way too religious to admit that. But what I love about Paul is Paul never got done with Timothy. <laughs> he writes him a letter and says, Timothy, in verse 20, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, earthen vessels, some for honor and some for dishonor. Now, I was reading this this week in my own personal time, and four words left off the page at me when I was with the Lord. He said, in a great house, in a great house, you're gonna find gold vessels, silver vessels, wooden vessels, and clay vessels. You're gonna find vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. And the word great there is the Greek word mega. And he said, in a mega house, in a great house, there's gold, silver, wood, earthly vessels, vessels of honor and dishonor. And as I was reading this, this scripture came alive to me. Because in a purely religious mindset, this goes against the spirit of religion. Because we want to say, in a great house, there are only gold vessels. In a great house, there are only clean vessels. In a great house, there are only honorable vessels. But God said, no, in a great house, you got 
got gold vessels, silver vessels, wooden vessels, and clay vessels. You got vessels that have figured it out and vessels that are struggling. He said you got honorable vessels and dishonorable vessels. We think the great houses are the houses that are golden. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. Where everybody's perfect and got it going on. You say, well, I can't come to Calvary because they got too many clay vessels. I can't come to Calvary because there's two people are not, everybody's not right there. You know, everybody is not a vessel of honor there. I'm going to find me a great house full of gold vessels. And when I get there, I'm going to be honorable. I'm going to be in a great house full of gold vessels. Let me tell you, when you find that house, they're not going to let you in. Because you got too much junk in your trunk. Can I get a witness? The truth is, y'all, there are no perfect houses. The truth is, there's no place where everybody's getting it right. But I am so glad to be in this great house today. And it doesn't matter to me whether you're wood or gold or silver or clay. It doesn't matter to me what you're struggling with in this house. There is a Jesus that can revolutionize your life. One of the things that has made Calvary great through the years is that we have a great God who has been willing to come in to our flawed existence and we allow people to belong even while they're becoming. And you may be here today and you're struggling. You may be here today and everything's not right in your life. You may be here today and you don't feel like an honorable vessel. I've come to let you know we're not going to push you out. We're not going to tell you you can't come because in a great house. I need somebody right now who believes that this is a great house. Just thank the Lord for it. It's not a perfect house. But it's a great house nonetheless. Here Timothy is, and Paul writes him, says, in a great house, son, there's, there's gold, there's silver, there's wood, there's clay, there's earthen vessels. And I'm sure in that moment, probably Timothy may have been wrestling with his confidence, and he may have fallen into the trap that so many of us can fall in sometimes, the trap of comparison where he says I wish I was a gold vessel Paul is a gold vessel Silas is a silver vessel Peter is a golden vessel but not me I'm just a clay vessel I'm just I'm just a, I'm just a, a an earthen vessel but here's what you've got to understand Timothy Timothy what you got to know Paul is telling him is that every vessel is valuable it doesn't matter whether you're a gold vessel or a silver vessel or a wooden vessel or a clay vessel because if you're a vessel in the house of the Lord you are valuable and see the truth is I've been doing this a long long time I've been preaching and teaching the word and I love it better today than I ever have I love preaching more today than I've ever loved it before I feel like the Lord has been so good to me but if I'm just being real Lucille if I'm just being real with you 
If I'm just being transparent with you, most of my ministry, I have felt like a clay vessel. I've not felt like a golden vessel, a silver vessel. Come on, somebody. I've not even felt like a, a wooden vessel, but I've felt like a clay vessel, breakable. Uh, come on, chipped up sometimes leaky i don't always have it together i'm not as attractive as some of the other vessels but see the truth is what makes a vessel great is not how it looks and what makes a vessel great is availability y'all come on i feel this the, the, the vessel is not great because it's got it going on because it's flawless. No, the vessel is great because it's available. And maybe I'm a clay vessel. Maybe I'm chipped. Maybe I'm leaky. Maybe I got some cracks. But at the end of the day, my cry is this, Lord, fill this vessel up and use it any way you want to use it. You've got to stop comparing yourself to everybody else. Because if you get caught in the trap of comparison, you will begin to be angry about what you see God doing in other people's lives and wonder why he's not doing it in yours. Who do you? But the truth is, y'all ready for this? God will never do for you what you secretly resent him doing for somebody else. You'll fall into the trap of comparison. And maybe Timothy was there. And Paul reaches out and says, Timothy, stop comparing yourself because in a great house, there are all kinds of vessels. I was thinking about that as a clay vessel. Come on. Any clay vessels in the house? A little bit leaky. <laughs> Where y'all at? Somebody grabbed her husband's hand and said, you better raise your hand. Come on. Little, little, little cracked. Come on. Little chipped. But in a great house, the vessel is valuable. No matter what it is, if it's available. And I looked at the word vessel, and so I, I gave the Jim Rayleigh definition to the word vessel. You know, I tell y'all all the time, I was born in the country, but I was raised in the hood, so I'm a hood neck. Come on, y'all. I was born in Alabama, but my daddy always had churches in the inner city, so I'm like a hood neck. But to me, a vessel can be defined as this, something that holds something else. A vessel is something that holds something else. If you're standing here today and you judge me just based on the kind of vessel that I am, you have not perceived me in my full value because the value is not the container, the value is the content. I wish I could find a church here today. Do I have a church here today that knows it's not the container, it's the content? Yeah. 
I see these young preachers and these young ministers and these people who want to have a ministry. They're so concerned. They're so worried about the vessel. They're so worried about how they look, how they dress, how they sound. They're so worried about saying the right thing. They're so worried about being cool. And I've come to let you know, mister, none of that is important. The vessel does not matter if you're full of pride. The vessel does not matter if all it contains is compromise. The vessel does not matter if it won't preach the truth. The vessel does not matter if it's full of sin or gossip or offense. Come on now. The vessel is afraid of men and fears men more than he fears God. Because the truth is precious. It's not the container. It's the content. But there are times when the container and the content are in conflict. Because you know I'm not worthy to do this. I'm not a good enough vessel. I'm just an earthly vessel. I'm just a clay vessel. I'm just a clay jar. And that may sound like the enemy could get an advantage on you in that moment. But when you read 2 Corinthians 4, 7, it says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay, in earthly vessels, to show that the all surpassing power is from God and not from us. God said, I'll put you in a condition and a situation where it looks like you ought not be able to do it where you seem unworthy and unfit but I'll put my treasure my Holy Ghost power in you and then you don't get the glory I do am I helping you today I love you see the treasure it's not the vessel. The treasure is what's in the vessel. Come on now. The Bible said in a great house. Somebody say a great house. Uh, he said in a great house. In a great house there are vessels of honor and dishonor. He said in a great house there are gold vessels, wooden vessels. That in a great house there are silver vessels and clay vessels. Here's the truth. If you are hungry, all right, and I set a golden vessel up here, encrusted with rubies, but full of manure. <laughs> Beside that gold-crusted manure-filled vessel, there was a clay vessel with cornbread. Y'all with biscuits, come on, with tortillas, come on, whatever you like fresh hot bread when it's all said and done you will pass by that golden vessel because you know what is in it cannot change my situation and you will say give me to the vessel that's got the value in it hear me in this room stop worrying about being a gold vessel and get full of the treasure that God wants to put in you But here's where the text even goes further. Here's where Paul talks to his son at another level and says, son, in a great house, 
there are vessels of honor and dishonor. Can you imagine that? Paul said, the great houses have people who have it going on and people who have figured it out, but it's also in the same house, you're gonna have vessels of dishonor. He said, you'll have vessels that are unsurrendered, vessels that are compromising, vessels that are sinful, vessels that have issues and problems. And you know, we got to come to a point, y'all, in the church in America where we don't expect people to be perfect when they come through the doors, where we say, even if you're dishonorable, there is a God that can set you free, clean you up and fill you up. In a great house, there are vessels of honor and dishonor. That's why you can't look down your nose at someone who struggles. That's why we can't come in and say, well, I saw her here, I saw her there, I I saw her at the club. Well, how'd you see her at the club? Preach, Pastor Rayleigh. See, one of the things that makes a house great is when it's full of people who struggle. When people can come in here and have their lives transformed and we can sit around and be religious and be cute, but the truth is, y'all, there was a time when we weren't fit to live and we were scared to die. There was a time in our lives when we were altogether unworthy and unfit. But didn't he take you out of the miry clay? Didn't he give you a brand new beginning? And I dare you just to tell your neighbor, if he did it for me, he can do it for you. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter how addicted, afflicted, jacked up, messed up, beat up, toe up you are. There is a God that can pick you up out of your mess and give you a brand new beginning. There is a God that can start you on the right track and give you an opportunity to be something you never thought you could, even if you're not a golden vessel. I just heard the Holy Ghost say, tell them their past doesn't disqualify them. Their past prepared their testimony. Somebody just raise one hand and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you that my past doesn't disqualify me. Yeah, it's just prepared my testimony. I dare you to give God a praise right now. It gives me the ability to say he'll pick you up. He'll give you a start over. He'll change your life. In a great house. I believe this is a great house. Well, you would say that. You the pastor. I believe this is a great house because we're not perfect, but that's all right. We allow people, as I said, to belong while they're becoming. We, we, we would like for every vessel to be golden when we have a religious mindset, full of kindness all the time, no compromise and always honorable, but that's not a reality. The, the, the truth is there's a place for people in God's house, in a great house, even when they struggle. And here's what I know, if you watch me and you're a pastor across the nation, and many of you do, you're paying attention to Calvary. I wanna say this to you, the greatest houses make room for the lost. 
The greatest houses give altar calls. The greatest houses are trying to win people to Jesus. The greatest houses are not ashamed of the gospel. The greatest houses don't always have the best music. The greatest houses don't always have the finest stages. The greatest houses don't always have the best equipment. But if somebody stands up and gives a lost person a chance to be found, that is a great house. Can I help you? You believe I love you? I really do. But I'm going to speak to you truth today. Paul addresses Timothy and said, you're going to have honorable vessels and dishonorable vessels. That means you'll see people who are sitting in the house who have served God. Sometimes they fumble and they stumble and they change their status from honorable to dishonorable. Have you ever seen it happen? But it doesn't stop God from being able to put their world back together again. Now the goal, when it's all said and done, is to become a vessel of honor. And I love the fact that Paul tells Timothy how to do it. In verse 21, he says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and used to the full, useful for the master, prepared unto every good work. He doesn't even stop there. He said, now Timothy, flee also youthful lust. He said, if you're gonna be a vessel of honor at some point, you gotta make up in your mind you're gonna try to quit sinning. Well, I'm underneath grace, Pastor Rayleigh. I got grace. No, grace doesn't give you a license to sin. Grace covers the sin that you've committed. It is the grace of God then that gives you the ability to be able to live the life that the Lord has called you to live. I would say if you want to sin, don't say you're a Christian because a Christian does not constantly consume himself with the affairs of compromise. At some point, he said, Lord, change me. So you got to flee youthful lust ain't nobody helping me in this Holy Ghost filled church <laughs> the old song said I looked at my hands and my hands looked new I looked at my feet and they did too hallelujah let me tell you you don't know the pit that I crawled out of you don't know the compromise that it invaded my life but honey when I found Jesus everything changed and I'm not perfect but I'm telling you this I know of the redemptive saving keeping power of the cross of Jesus Christ so he said flee flee somebody say flee flee youthful lust but pursue righteousness faith love peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Flee is the Greek word pronounced for you go. It sounds like to me, fool, you go. Oh, y'all, yeah. Fool, you better run. Fool, you better go. She trying to get in that fool, you better run. You a married man. He, he's trying to get with you, girl. You better run. You a married woman. Y'all ain't saying a lot. Fool, you better go. Sometimes you, the enemy tries to, you need to go. No, fool, you better go. The Lord's saying sometimes you got to learn how to run. 
Listen, that, that, I, I travel a lot. I've had women hit on me before. Let me tell you something. I run. I run scared. Come on, somebody. Because number one, I don't want to lose what God has done in my life in the way of ministry. I got too much at stake. But number two, I'm absolutely terrified of my wife because if I ever did something like that, she would kill me dead. Deader than dead. Come on. Then she would raise me from the dead because she's got the gift of faith. And then she would kill me again just to watch me die. And then she would tell all y'all what I did she would tell the whole world but I'm telling you is that the truth she would be at Facebook and everybody in the room and so I'm scared because I understand consequences we don't have preachers anymore that stand up and tell young people it doesn't matter what the world says to do there are consequences for that behavior You better run. Tell somebody you better run. You better run if it affects your reputation. You better run. If it'll affect your ability to walk with God, you better run. You better run. Fool. I know you shouldn't call nobody a fool, the Bible said. <laughs> Just say it in the air. Say, fool, you go. Yeah, if the shoe fits, you better wear it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Flee the things that would endanger your future. Flee the things that would hold you from God. Run. Somebody shout, run. Run. And then he says, he said, flee. But then he also said, next, he said, follow. Follow after righteousness. Follow at flee and follow. Follow after righteousness. I think it's faith and love and peace. He said, when you run away from one thing, you need to run to another. The problem is that when you flee this, you need to run to that. Because if you don't run to something, what you ran from will bring you back. The text is amazing to me because Paul is given the play-by-play play of how to overcome and become a vessel of honor. And then he said in the 23rd verse, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. I've never seen a time when the church in the world is more divided than it is right now. Come on, it started with race issues, and I understand that. It, from race issues to political issues, political issues to COVID issues, from COVID to the mask, from the mask to the vaccine, everything the enemy is perpetrating against the church is, is fodder for us to be divided, and there are so many people that are consumed with foolish and ignorant disputes that they have lost sight of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in his time for the church to get it together because the world never will till the church does. Ignorant. I love folk, but some folk are just ignorant. You know anybody ignorant? Don't you point at them. They're sitting by me. No, don't you do that. You know what ignorant means? It means without instruction. It means uneducated, unlearned, and rude. 
And we've got ignorant people with too great a voice in the earth today who are saying that they are doing it in the name of the Lord. It ain't nobody shouting, but I'll finish this in just a minute. I've said this for years and I'll say it again. Facebook never made the lame walk, but it sure made the dumb talk. Can I get a witness in this house? The Bible said knowing that these foolish ignorance disputes generate strife. Do you know that there are some people in the earth and their only goal is to generate strife? Everything they post, everything they say, they troll your social media and mine just to generate strife. Thank God for the delete button. Hallelujah. That's not how a vessel of honor is. A vessel of honor doesn't generate strife. Vessels of honor generate peace. And the Bible says here, and, and a servant of the Lord, a vessel of honor, must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. I'm in a place now at 57 years old. I graduated from the University of I Don't Give a Rip. Can I get a witness? I graduated from the University of I Don't Give a Rip. But nevertheless, even when I correct, I want to correct from a place of humility. When I correct someone in opposition, I want to correct from a place of humility. If God perhaps will grant them repentance. Because we sometimes in correcting people think that the motive is revenge. The motive is not revenge. The motive is repentance. I'm going to tell you off and you got it coming. Let me tell you something. I thank God that he never gave me what I had coming. Why do we speak the truth? So that they may know the truth. How will they hear without a preacher? He said, if you speak the truth, they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. That means there should be some sort of pursuit in our lives to escape the enemy and to become a vessel of honor. What is a vessel? A vessel is something that is filled with something else. I say, God, fill me with something else. Come on, raise up your hand and say, just fill me with something else. In a world full of doubt, fill me with faith. In a world full of division, fill me with unity. In a world filled with sorrow, fill me with joy. In a world filled with sickness, fill me with healing. In a world filled with hate, fill me with love. In a world filled with, with weakness, fill me with power from on high. Fill me. Come on, just raise your hands and say, fill me with something else. Fill me with something else. In a great house, there are vessels of honor and dishonor. Golden vessels. Man, I feel the anointing in here. Shine that it be because I... 
Sometimes you just got to wait a minute and let the Lord's spirit settle over his word that you just preached. I just feel like saying, Lord, just settle over this word. There are vessels of gold and silver and wood and clay. Vessels that are so beautiful and then vessels that are leaky like me and maybe you if we're not careful rather than allowing God to really change us in a religious church that's not a great house we'll be full of vessel inspectors Okay, you, this vessel is unfit. You can't use that vessel. You can't be a greeter. You, no, 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 you got too bad of a pass. You're, we, we're only allowing, this is the gold level, this is the silver level, and you are a vessel inspector. Let me tell you, you probably won't last real long if you're a vessel inspector in this church. Because as long as you're inspecting vessels, as long as you feel like that's why you're in the earth, you will never get full yourself. As long as you're sitting around being critical, stirring up strife and division, as long as you're doing that from a religious context, you will miss your opportunity to be full. And here's the deal. Probably the thing that really came to me most from this message. In a great house, there are vessels of honor and dishonor. The Lord said in the greatest houses, there's opportunity for people who are struggling to have their world put back together again. In the greatest houses, nobody is rejected because of their past. In the greatest houses, there's vessels of honor and dishonor. Who would admit maybe you're not one today, but you have been one? I sure have. I sure have. I haven't always gotten it right. So everybody's standing. Hallelujah. So make me a vessel, make me an offering, make me whatever you want me to be. New wine is a song. I came here with nothing, and all you have given me, Jesus, bring new wine. Jesus, Jesus, bring new wine. Make me a vessel. Make me, make me an offer. Make me an offer. Sing it, Courtney.
right now and say disqualifies you or you're inadequate or you've struggled too much but Paul said son in a great house there are vessels of honor and dishonor if you're struggling today you've not been disqualified abandoned or forsaken if 
you're struggling today and you're not where you need to be, if you're online and you say, Lord, I, I want you to clean this vessel up. I want to get in a position where I can hold what you have for me to hold. Get the refuge out. Get the mess out. And let me get full of new wine and fresh hot bread. Lord, I may not be a golden vessel. I might be a leaky, clay, cracked, earthen vessel. But the value is not in the container. It's in the content. So with heads bowed and eyes closed and you're here and you say, Pastor, or you're watching online, you'd say, I'm not where I need to be with God. There's things in my life that have alienated me, separated me from him. And I cannot contain what he has for me to contain because my vessel is not as clean as it needs to be. There's sin in my life. There's compromise in my life. There's things that have separated me from God. And, and Jim Rayleigh, I know you don't want to embarrass me, but you do want to see me broken free. So, Pastor, if you're going to pray for somebody, pray for me. I'm not where I need to be today, and I know it. And if you're going to remember somebody, remember me. If that's you, when I count to three, raise your hand. Pray for me, Pastor. One, remember me, Pastor. Two, I want to be a worthy vessel. I got some things I need to get right. Three, slip up your hands right now. Pray for me, Pastor. Pray for me, Pastor. Pray, 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 Pastor. I got some things I ought to get under the blood today. There's things that would keep me from being used by God and things that would keep me maybe even out of heaven. So when you pray, pray for me. If you slipped up your hand, if you raised it up, keep it up. I'm going to lend you five more seconds. People in the balcony are raising their hand. Somebody's raising their hand at home right now. You're sitting at your computer and you're weeping and God is dealing with you. You're watching this on your TV and you feel the Spirit of God in your room right now. Hallelujah. If you raised your hand, hold it up. Don't put it down. If you need to raise your hand and you haven't raised it yet, here's five more seconds for you. Five, four, three. Pray for me, Pastor. Two, one, zero. Hallelujah. Now, if you raised your hand and you really meant it, your hand is up right now. I'm going to invite you to step into a new season. I'm going to invite you to come. I, I want you to step out by faith. I promise you won't come by yourself. In fact, if somebody next to you raised their hand but they're apprehensive about coming, why don't you take it by the hand and come? Begin to come right now. Altars team, begin to come right now. But if you want to get things right between you and the Lord, why don't you come right now? If you want to get it under the blood, why don't you come right now? That's it. Come on, brothers and sisters. Somebody better praise the Lord. Come on. Stand right here in the front. Here they come. So make me a vessel. So everybody say. So make me make me an offering. Y'all better clap. They're coming from across the room. Make me whatever. Right now, say it again, make me an honor. 
everybody in the room right now to take your hand and put it on your heart. We're going to join with these. We're going to pray. Everybody pray this prayer after me. You on the stage, you who are watching my live stream, there's an encounter with Jesus going on right now in this house, and it can happen in your house. When you pray this prayer, if you'll just put salvation or saved in the comments, it'll let us know that you made a decision to follow Jesus. With everybody in the room, your hand is on your heart. Now pray this after me loud and strong. Everybody hand on your heart. Pray Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I thank you. I thank you. That I'm in a great house. I thank you, Lord, that in a great house, there's opportunity to get things right. Please forgive me for all my sins. Take my heart, wash it clean. Give me a new beginning. Make me what you want me to be. I surrender everything to you. I want to be your vessel. Lord, I may not be a gold vessel, but whatever I am, I'm available and I want to be yours thank you Lord thank you Lord for a new beginning in Jesus name can somebody give the Lord a mighty praise can you give him a mighty praise thank you for joining us for today's message you can continue to be a part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center you can text to give at 386-866-3060 or you can give at calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also for you to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. Again, thank you for joining us.